0: Monday Teen continues with Nehemiah. God has given us an opportunity to use time wisely so we can have an impact on culture and society. This is Awaken Online, a virtual library of the Sunday morning messages at Awaken Church in McMinnville, Oregon. Trying to think of what I'm going to preach on uh, Nehemiah chapter 6. I started thinking about a story, and I noticed something as I was thinking about what I bought the share. It's always uh, to me. It was very interesting that I get a lecture from a six years old girl, and it's always just happening. I don't know why. Uh, I walk in my neighborhood and I decided to talk to a guy that I saw on the street, and we're just talking. And this six years old girl pulled me over and said, "It's not good to talk to strangers. It's not safe." And so my daughter tried to say, "Oh, he's a grown up." She said, no, that's not safe, it's dangerous. And Monty, is not, you should not do that again. So finally, I said to well, her, I'm sorry. It's true, you do not talk to a stranger. Then a couple of the years, it was, uh, I think 2005 um, or 2003, Stephanie went to Liberia. So we decided to go to the main city. After we visited, we came back, this 6 years old girl, very close to my heart, pulled me behind and said she wanted to talk to me. And she said, you think it's appropriate for you and Stephanie to go all day by yourself, coming late? And so I told her, it's okay, I'm a grown-up. But she said, no, it's not safe, because that was part of the rule. You know, when you tell kids something, they remember. And if you forget, they're going to remind you. Um, a couple of years ago, it was in, uh, I think, 1990, uh, 92, uh, between 91 and 92. We are in a refugee camp, and we had a guest speaker. It was a woman who was telling her story. And I think the audience was like four to 500 people. And we all, at the time, we all had, or we all have been uh, through through the Civil War. But this woman's story was so incredible that it left a mark in my heart. I think I was 15 or 16 years old sitting down and listening to this woman's story. Her husband was part of the uh, government and then the Civil War that broke up. And the rebel was killing people who were part of the government, uh, who worked for the government. And she was a Muslim, and she converted to Christianity. So her family had nothing to do with her. The rebel is looking for them. And in the process, her husband died. And 95% of the country was overtaken by the rebel. And she lived behind the rebel line. And she told her story. Running to go to rescue, maybe she walked close to 200-plus miles with her three kids. And one of the stories that I remember very well was when the rebel came and overtook the place to burn the house. And in the process, she and the little kids ran to this place to hide themselves in this destroyed uh, building. It was a couple of maybe a yard from the house. While they was in their hiding, the rebels started to shoot around and looking for her to kill her. And in that process, she said she thought she was dead. But God has told her that God, God has told her that he was going to um, take her to safety. But the reality hit her. The rebel was like a few feet from where she was hiding. And as they were shooting in the head and, and, and getting more and more angry, she could hear them. But the little kids were right there. And the little one did not cry. She said that was astonishing to her. And all of a sudden, while they were so close, one of the guys said to them, we will come back and look for her. And they left when they left, she was just right there and all she was thinking she was going to be dead. But she said, God promised me and God was faithful to his promise. And she had to walk and take the road into the jungle. And in Africa, we don't have no friendly snakes. All the snakes are very dangerous. She had to cross rivers I don't know, uh, we had a uh, kind of river where they, um, the river in the, mo- uh, in the evening, I think in the morning time, sometime it would dry up. Then in the evening, the water would come back rushing in. And you have, I mean, alligators. I mean, everything you can think about. But she said each step she took, she saw the hand of God. God did not deliver her. And just through her to Sierra Leone, she had to go through trials and difficult times. But she realized in the process that the hand of God was with her and her kids. God is faithful. Sometimes God really does not take us from our trials and temptation, but he empowers us to go through it. Today, if you have your Bible, we will be speaking from the book of Nehemiah chapter 6. Just give me one second. Uh, I'm going to sit. I, I knew exactly why the air-condition came on, because, you know, we Africans, we talk so much, we talk long. And go like, no, I think I'm going to give my people some air-condition. So just remember that. I promise you I'm not going to be that long, but I'm going to be like a year for two hours. No, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Ding, don't say that to an African, please. <laughs> okay, so if you have a Bible, I want you to please turn to Nehemiah chapter 6. When the war came to Sambara and Tobias, a negotiation that the Arabs and the rest of the enemy had rebuilt the wall, and the gap was left in it. Although it was that time that I had not set the doors and the gates, Sambara and a sent me a message. Come, let us meet together in one of the villages on the plain of Ono. But they were scheming me to harm me. So I sent a message to them with this reply. I am carrying a great work. I cannot, come, I, I cannot go down. Why should the work stop while I leave it and go down to you? four times they sent me the same message and each time I gave them the same answer then the fifth time sent this sent his aid to me with the same message in his hand was an unsealed letter in which it was written it is, it is reported among the nations and the Christians that, that say it is true that you and the Jews are plotting the revolt therefore you are building the wall. moreover according to those report, you are, among, you are about to become the king, and and even appointed prophets to make this proclamation, proclamation about you in Jerusalem. There is a king in Judah now. This report get back to the king. So come, let us meet together. Wow. This guy called Nehemiah, we been on this journey from chapter one. I know Mike talked about everything begins at the altar. We talked about the call. didn't talked about the urgency of the call. Uh, Pam talked about um, uh, people working together to rebuild. Um, and we also saw the opposition. Dean talked about how um, last week about how I were able to settle the conflict and focus on um, the work being completed. Today, I just want to encourage you as we go through this uh, text, we're going to be speaking on the theme, Stay on course to complete the great work. You know, The greater desire of the enemy is to stop us from completing what God has called us to accomplish in life. One of the greater tactics tactic the enemy uses is distraction. I know you don't easily get distracted. There are so many distractions today that we have. We have an iPhone, we have an iPad, we have a television, we have a radio, and we have so many things. Even to be a dog fan can be distracting. (laughs) Go dogs, that's good. (laughs) Yeah, good ducks. Yeah. Even to be a beaver can be more distracting. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> distraction is what the enemy uses a lot. And if anything the enemy wants us to do is to walk in distraction that we will not fulfill what God has called us to do. As to come to the plain of Ono, man, it was 27 miles or 20 miles or 27 miles away. And they are inviting him, quote-unquote, with a friendly invitation, but with deception under that. Come let up me at a plane of oh no. As I was curious and thinking about it, I remember when Jesus went on the cross and the people say, if you are the son of God, come down. But that was the reason why Jesus came, to die for my sin and your sin. And Jesus had the power to calm down. You know, temptation speaks to our ability and the power of our will to do something that we are able or capable of doing. Jesus was capable to calm down. Jesus had the power. Nehemiah had the power to go to old no, But Nehemiah was not willing for him to be distracted. You see, They were using deception because in the text we can see that they were planning to harm Nehemiah. And we also see that they were persistent four times. They keep sending the same message with pressure on Nehemiah. Come let us meet. Not everything that sounds good is good for us. Not everything that looks attractive is very good for our lives. There's a story of Lot. In the book of Genesis chapter 13, it's not in the text here. The Bible says when he saw that a place was well, fertile, and was good for his animal, he decided to move his family to Sodom and Gomorrah because it was good for him. And he destroyed his family in Sodom and Gomorrah. You see, not everything that looks good is good for us. We have to be very careful because the devil can appear as an angel of light. There are so many things that bombard us today. And there's a tendency to think that it's good, then that means it's good for me. Jesus, in the book of Matthew chapter 4, had the devil come in and tempting him. The Bible said that when Jesus was hungry, and the devil said, yeah, turn this stone into bread. He had the power to do that. But he refused. The devil did not give up. He came many times to Jesus. You know, sometimes when we win a victory or there is a battle, there's something going good in our life. There's a tendency to relax, get into complacency. You know, there's a story. My favorite story is David. Uh, when he was, uh, it's it's not in the it's not in my note. So please, <laughs> in uh, Second Samuel chapter eleven, it's said when it was springtime. David decided not to go to war. My favorite season, my one of my favorite seasons is spring and summertime. I remember my first time I came to America, um, when I came to here, it was snowing we're in Sheridan. And I decided to go take a walk. It was a bad idea. <laughs> I now had a snow boots on. I don't have proper uh, winter clothes on. I walked and I started freezing. And so Erica and driving and told me, she stopped, He said, do you need a ride? I said, yes, I do need a ride. <laughs> and I got in there. But spring brings everything alive. Spring is beautiful. It's a time people plan to go camping, travel, do all the stuff. People are tired with the winter. And yet David, in the time for spring, when kings went to war, he, started, he sat back home. In a really relaxed position. His relaxation was not in God. His relaxation, I believe, was in himself. And that is one of the more dangerous places to relax, is in ourselves, in our ability, in our accomplishment. And sometimes we just fall off. And the Bible says he fell into sin, he was not engaging. Instead of leading, he was sitting back home. So the devil is very persistent. Not because we want a battle today, then we need to forget that we have, I mean, we forget that we have an enemy who is a ruling lion seeking whom it he, he is out there. He re- he's even here this morning hearing me. See, in order to, in order for us to, to deal with distraction, so where are we now? Okay, we got to be. In order to uh, deal with distraction, we need to have a complete tax. We need to focus on our tax. We need to have a clear focus and priority. A clear focus and priority will give you a good decision to make. Nehemiah said, he stated a purpose. He said, I have a great work. Why should I leave that great work? Every one of you, including myself, we have a great work that God has called us to. Nehemiah said, I'm not going to leave that and walk 20 to 27 miles and leave the work what am I doing there? What am I doing? I have a great work. I have a purpose in life. Paul said, for me to live is Christ, to die is again." Paul had a purpose in life. That's why he said in 2 Timothy that he fight a good fight because he had a purpose in life. You see, if we don't have a purpose in life, we don't have a clear Priority and clear focus, we lose the reason why we are not alive. Nehemiah was focused on his purpose. He said, I'm not going to leave this great work. He knew what was important and value. His great work was more value than going to meet Sambada and Tobias. It seems the letter seems frantic. Are we focused on our great work? Or are we distracted? Are we distracted in our head by what the enemy is saying to us? You're not good enough. Hey, you failed yesterday. Look at your background. Like Gideon. He felt he was not qualified, even though God called him and qualified him. He felt his family background was the least. He felt that he was not. He felt like his family was the smallest family in his tribe. You know, when before God caught us, there are things that God had already built in us that we are capable of accomplishing. When God called us, he already equipped us. Nehemiah said, I'm not going to do that. Nehemiah was also persistent. And he gave a simple answer. He said, I'm not leaving this. I'm doing a great work. Also, we can see that he managed his time efficiently because he had a focus and a clear priority. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 to 17, mm-hmm. it says, therefore be, therefore be careful how you walk not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time, because the, day, the days are evil. So then do not be foolish, but understanding what the word of the law is. We live in a very interesting time. But God has given the opportunity to use time wisely so that we can impact culture and society. But if we are distracted, then we're not using time wisely. I don't know many of you play sport here. I'm going to talk a little bit about sport. I talk about the dog and the beavers, but... Anyway, um, one of the things we used to do in basketball, I don't know how to say it in America, you call it smart talk or... Trash talk, trash talk. okay. And when you're playing and you're a very good player, they start to give you trash talk. And if you're not focus, you go after that player, you maybe have a technical, and you have to get out of the game. So they are there to distract you. And many times... I have fallen for that. I get distracted in the, in, in the process. God wants us to be very wise and use our time wisely. Don't allow the enemy's trash talk to distract you. We see in verses 5 that a friendly deception changes to intimidation and defamation. In verse 5 of our uh, Nehemiah, chapter 6, verse 5. Everything changes. They were not nice again. From a and deception change to intimidation and defamation. Look what it said to Nehemiah. I promise you I'm not distracted. I'm just opening my Bible. In verse 5 it says, Then the fifth time, somebody sent his aid to to me, with the same message, and in his hand was an unsealed letter in which it was written. So the letter was not sealed. Why did they leave the letter open? And Nehemiah was a governor. I believe they left the letter in order to spread rumors and lies. You know, one of the things that destroy us as the body of Christ is the lies and Romans that goes around. The enemy loves that because he knows when he divides us, he has the opportunity to destroy us. One of my favorite videos is on YouTube. It's, uh the buffalo and the lion. I don't know, for some reason I came to that video and God just allowed me to watch that video over and over for the reason. And then with the buffalo, um, there were tons of buffalo and it was going, the, I don't know where they were going, but they were heading somewhere. And all of a sudden they encountered a lion. And a group of lions started to look for the weak one. And they attacked this buffalo. And all of a sudden, all the buffalo ran away. The buffalo was so many, they were uh, then the lion. I said, the lion attacked that buffalo, and that buffalo was crying. All of a sudden, one of the buffalo decided to take a step to save the other buffalo. Then the second buffalo came. The third one came. The fourth one, faith. Before you go look, it was maybe tons of buffalo. And it went after the lion and knocked the lion down. And all the lions ran away. Teamwork together, defeat the enemy. When we all stand together with the gifting and the ability that God has given us, something happened to the enemy. He is terrified. And so they they decided to intimidate uh, Nehemiah. Causing to be fearful. The letter was, as I said, the letter was unsealed. But guess what Nehemiah did? We look in that same chapter. uh, His response was very brief, very short, but very impactful. And after all the accusation, he replied, Nothing. Like what you are saying is happening. You are just making it up out of your own head. His answers are always short. If you look back in with me, uh, back to chapter, uh, I think it's chapter 4, I mean 6, 3, sorry. And so when he sent a message to them with this reply, I'm carrying a great project, I cannot go down. And then why he did Nehemiah went back to prayer. Prayer was the foundation of Nehemiah's life. Prayer was not a live resort in his life. Prayer was the lifestyle of Nehemiah. I remember when I was when I spoke on Nehemiah chapter 1, I said something that was very, um, I mean, very interesting to me. That when he prayed, when the king asked him, what can he do for Nehemiah in chapter 2? When he was talking to the king, he was still praying. The Bible said he was afraid, but he prayed. The physical thing cannot change physical thing. I mean, the physical thing cannot change spiritual thing. But the spiritual things can change physical thing. That's why the Bible said, We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against prince and power and power of darkness in high places. Because it's only the spiritual that can have impact on The physical. The physical ring is controlled by two spiritual rings, God and the devil. Colossians 1.13 said, We have been delivered from the power of darkness and translated into the kingdom of light. So, when Esther went before the king, she and her people prayed for three days. She, She connected to the spiritual king, then she went to the physical king. And her requests were granted. Nehemiah connected with the spiritual king and went before the physical king and his requests were granted. Church, God has called us into prayer. Our lifestyle should be prayer. Jesus said, my house is a house of prayer. I think sometimes we take our problem and we talk about our problem more than we pray for our problem. I know I've made this statement before. Jesus spent more time praying than talking. Jesus spent more time with the father, I mean, sorry, he spent more time with his dad than dealing with situation. He spent less time dealing with the situation in life because he spent more time with his father. But sometimes we go the opposite way. We spend more time with the, with the problem and spend less time with God. Nehemiah prayed. And you can see this in his life, totally in his life. He was so secure in his identity that he didn't allow them to, to distract him from his calling that God has called him. Because In Nehemiah chapter 2 verse 12, he said that God had put something in his heart for his people. We can also see that Nehemiah, as I talk about his lifestyle of prayer, in Nehemiah chapter 1 verse 4, in Nehemiah chapter 2 verse 4, Nehemiah chapter 4 verse 4, Nehemiah 5 verse 19, Nehemiah 6 verse 9, and Nehemiah 6 verse 14. This man's lifestyle was built on prayer. Jesus taught his disciples, say, when you pray, say, our Father, which shall be in heaven. And he asked them to pray that God's kingdom will come, that it will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So prayer is connecting to what God had designed in heaven to accomplish on own. Earth. And God partnered with you and myself to fulfill what he is calling us to do on our are you not happy to be part of what God is planning to do on earth, and he want to use you? You see, the next thing we saw in Nehemiah, uh, I'm going to close this very fast. Nehemiah did not pray that God would take the situation for him but he prayed that God would strengthen him I was like thinking why would God strengthen him it seems that maybe what the enemy was saying was true maybe maybe the Romans and the, and the defamation had impacted, impacted his life maybe the project was so great but Nehemiah prayed that God would strengthen him so that he would be able to accomplish his purpose on life and if you see chapter 15 I mean sorry you see verse 15 and 16 when the enemy, it says, so when the war was completed on the twenty-fifth, first, I mean, I want to read first. Verse When all your enemy, when all the enemy heard of it, and all the nations surrounding us saw it, and lost their confidence, for they recognized this work has been accomplished with the help of our, the help of God. When the enemy saw that, an impossible task. With the things, an impossible task with a possible goal can bring our enemy knees to recognizing who God is. An impossible task with a possible goal can bring the enemy knees to recognize who God is. In the book of Exeter, when the children of Israel were brought across the sea, uh, the Egyptian went after them. The the Bible says when when they, the chariots started having problems, they recognized that there was, it was God who was doing it. Are you in an impossible situation even though God said it's possible for you? Even though God has called you? Even though God has, has spoken to you in the situation and said, yes, I'm with you, but yet the situation looks so impossible. The girl you are you are with it's a God who is Him all things are possible, not something. Are you feeling weary this morning of your trials and tribulation? Are you feeling discouraged? If the tax you are carrying on is greater than what you think your ability can accomplish? Even Jesus Himself had to be strengthened. In Luke twenty-two, the Bible saying in the Garden of Gethsemane in Luke, uh, in Matthew chapter twenty-six, that Jesus was so overwhelmed, and he asked if the cup were possible to pass, but He said, "Not my will, but Your will." So in Luke forty-three. 22.43, the Bible says the angel of the Lord came and strengthened Jesus. I don't, I, I don't know if the angel had strengthened Jesus, what was going to happen to it? My salvation and your salvation. But the angel had to come and strengthen it. Paul prayed for the church in Ephesus that there will be strengthening in the inner being. Sometimes we all get tired. Weary. But I want to encourage you this morning. If you need prayer for strength, then I I want to encourage you that God wants to strengthen you and empower you and encourage you. We also see in this text, uh, as I come to close, that when Nehemiah went to Shemaiah's house, Shemaiah, the prophet, Shemaiah means her of God, of Jehovah. This man was, the person was a prophet but the prophet was hired by the enemy. We see the inside, the enemy within. Even though he was called by God, but this person left their calling and allowed the enemy to influence them. And he told Nehemiah, let us go in the temple and shut the door because the people are coming to kill you. He emphasized that they are coming to kill you and they are coming to kill you tonight. But Nehemiah said, how can the man let me flee? Nehemiah was wrapped up in his calling. He knew that God has called him. And he knew he has to complete the, the war. His reaction was, I'm not going to do that. Then later on he discovered in chapter 12, I mean, first, sorry, chapter 6, verse 12. It say, he perceived that God had not sent him, but he knew that you were being hired by somebody and Tobias. And what was he hired for? I want to close on that three things he was hired about, because that, that is very interesting. In verse 12, I realized that God had not sent him, but that he had prophesied against me because Tobias. And somebody I hire him. He has been hired to what? Intimidate me, what? And when he intimidates me, and caused me to walk in fear. Because when we walk in fear, we don't think. We make decisions that when we are not fearful, we make a sound, divi- uh, a sound decision. That what the Bible said, God has given us not the spirit of fear. Can we complete that? But he has given us what? the spirit of what? Power, love, and the sound mind. You see, our mind is not sound when we are walking in fear. The children of Israel were stuck for many days in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 17. And Goliath was there and he drew the battle line. That was a line. They could not go forward in their life because fear grabbed the children of Israel. Even though God had told them but yet yeah, they were fearful. And for many days they were stuck right there. Fear will bring us to the place of a limitation. Fear will cause us to hide ourselves and not bring the potential and ability that God has given us. And the devil loves us to be fearful. We can be Christian, but let us be fearful. He doesn't mind. He doesn't mind doesn't when we are stuck there for many days. Goliath was just standing there. And when David came and said, who is this on second side human being to defy the army of a living God, maybe a 17-year-old kid, a big God in a small person can take down the impossible. It doesn't matter how big our situation is, but with a big God inside of us, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. When God is in us, something changes the way we view our situation. If we recognize God in us. And David said, who's there on second? Side? I asked him on me that he would defy the armor of a living God. And David took Goliath down. They saw put his, his armor on David, and David was like, this thing does not fit me. Just let me go. Let me walk in freedom. I don't want to be restrained by your armor or whatever you're carrying for battle this morning. I don't know if your Goliath is here this morning, he's speaking to you. I don't know, maybe some of you could not sleep last night because you had your Goliath speaking to you. God wanted to say to you, be still and see the salvation of God. And God and Moses said, those Egyptians you see, you will see them no more. But yet, yes, the Red Sea before them, the Red Sea was there. The enemy' goal is to cause us to be fearful, because when we're fearful, we'll make decisions that will lead us into sin. When we're not lead us into sin, it defends our character. And that was the goal, to destroy Nehemiah's character. But he recognized it because he had a spirit of discernment. He already to discern. He did not get distracted. He kept going on. I know it seemed maybe discouraging for him to have the enemy within, but Nehemiah's call was a divine call. His call was not from a man or not from a people. His call was from God, and he always lifted his eyes back to God when it got tough. It is important that we need to accomplish what God has called us to. As I said, Paul Say he fought a good fight to fight it. I mean a good fight. And he had finished his course and I kept the faith. Hebrew 12 encouraged us to, to fix our eyes on Jesus, the altar and the finish of our faith. We also see that the enemy is persistent, but with clear focus. And the power going in us, we can walk from victory to victory because we fight from victory. Because Christ had won the battle. This morning, I'm going to repeat, I don't know if you're tired this morning. Is your project so big and huge before you? Is it causing you to feel weary? Are you weary this morning? Is life burdening and pressure just on your life and just burdening you so much that you cannot lift your hands up? I plan to do this, but it did not work out. So I'm going to call Dean. I'm going to pick on Dean this morning. Dean, will you come here, please? Can I pick on you, too? I'm picking on you. Yes, seriously, you're in trouble. You're going back a long ways here, buddy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so this is reality, and this is truth. So we have Scripture up there. Run right now, is Romans chapter 4, verse 19 to 21. Uh, are we all there? Yeah, we, we, is it possible that we all read that, please? And identify what is the reality in a situation? We, will you please read it along with me, please? Ready, set, go. Without becoming weak in faith. He contemplated his own body, now as good as dead, since he was about a hundred years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb. Yet, with respect to the promise of God, he did not waver in unbelief, but grew strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully assured that what God had promised, he was able to also perform. now yeah, so... Who, who is the reality? Dean? Good job. Who is the truth? Travis. Travis, Travis you got to put your hand way up. Or oh, you can stand up here, please. <laughs> <laughs> what you're saying? <laughs> I'm not saying anything. I'm just talking. So, backstory. We, we all know the story of Abraham? We know? So God told him that, maybe you're 75 years old, God told him, hey, man, I'm going to make you the father of many nations. And all of a sudden, no child yet. And then he said, but God, how can this work? And God said, yeah, I'll give you a child. And then Sirius said, this is not working, Abraham. Go and get a, a woman. In. And he did. And they get a child. Ishmael. And God said, no, Abraham. No, 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 no. You have a child. He's 99 years old. And God said, next year you have a a child. Sarah started laughing at God. And God said, why are you laughing? Sarah said, no, 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 I was not laughing. What was the reality in there? Huh? They were old. But what's the truth? God promised them. Go what? God okay, I want us to say the loud. What was the reality? God. They, were too old. they were too old. And what was the truth? God's, God's promise. promise. Okay, we're gonna go a little bit louder. What was the reality? Too old. God's, God's promise. promise. Okay. So what is the reality? Oh, oh I forgot i had it. Because it... so. The reality, about the Red Sea, what was the reality in Exodus 14? Can we read it together? There was a Red Sea sea blocking the way of the Israelites. And what was the the truth? God told Moses to use his rod and the water. Abraham? Abraham was about 100 years old. Their bodies were as good as dead. Sarah laughed at the thought. so in each of those um, scriptures we see that God really spoke to them about their situation there was reality but God spoke you can please have a seat God spoke God spoke to them about a reality sometimes God does not take our reality away but he empowered with truth to walk through our reality to reflect his glory. Yes. And sometimes, we are caught up in the reality of life and there are things that are happening to us we are going through, life situation. You see, God did not take the, the, the situation from, 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 from Nehemiah. But when Nehemiah remained committed and faithful, the Bible says in verse 16, it imparted the enemy when the children of Israel crossed the Red Sea, the Egyptians realized it was the hand of God, not a children of Israel. Well, I believe when Sarah had a kid, I know how I believe I never realized it was the power of God because of who God is. God is faithful to his promises. I don't know what reality you are going through this morning. Let me be God, I promise you. But I want you to look at what is truth and what is reality this morning. With God, all things are possible. Thank you for joining us today. For more information about Awaken Church, please visit our website, awakenmac.com. That's A-W-A-K-E-N-M-A-C dot C-O-M.